It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview, we're going to set the tone like we do with some music. This is Almighty. This is performed by Douglas File. Sit back and enjoy.
welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I hope you enjoyed Almighty. That was performed by Douglas File. Well, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries by going to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. All of the information that you need, you'll find there. Well, I'm very excited about our interview for today. I think that it is um, going to be inspiring and uplifting and also challenge a couple of, of, of our thought patterns, especially for right now, what we're dealing with in COVID. We are welcoming for the first time to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show, Dr. Stacia Alexander. Welcome, Dr. Alexander. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Alexander is a licensed professional counselor and supervisor. She has a doctorate in psychology. She is a speaker. She is the author of the Balancing Acts Family Guide. She's a talk show host, the founder and director of Positive Influences. She's been a full-time clinician for over 20 years. And on top of that, she is currently the director of Paul Quinn College's Mental Health Clinic. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Alexander, number one, you are a busy woman. Yes, indeed. I <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank the Lord for that. Uh -huh. Well, uh, Dr. Alexander, I want to jump right into our interview asking kind of, a, I think, a hard question, but it's probably simple for you. Okay. Why do we need to check in on our mental health? That is a great question to start with, because I tell people that all the time, just like you take care of other areas of your health, your physical care, optometry, your dental, all of these things we take care of regularly. But for whatever reason, we think that we don't have to check on our mental health because once that goes, all of those other things won't matter anymore anyway. But we've been conditioned generationally that if you go check on your mental health, that means that you're quote unquote crazy. When it's actually the exact opposite. You're driving yourself crazy by not checking on your mental health and paying attention to it. When a lot of times it's some small things that you could tweak in how you think and how you process information that will create different outcomes and bring you a greater sense of peace about your life. Hmm. So we're probably driving ourselves crazy and maybe those around us, our family members, our co-workers, by not checking in on our mental health. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one thing you also brought up before we started our conversation on the radio show, that we also need to check in on our children's mental health, that usually children are the last people that we check on. Mm -hmm. Because in our minds as parents, our caretakers, we think that they, they have no reason to be upset about anything. They have, you know, everything that they need is provided to them. Now, that's, of course, in privileged households who are able to take care of things. But even in families who are at a deficit, they still don't take a minute to think about if they're having a hard time emotionally handling everything, that's doubled for their kids. Because one, they don't have the capacity to control what's going on, and they really don't have the developmental maturity to understand everything that's going on. But for whatever reason, we either minimize or we discount that our children also have an emotional quotient in them as well that we need to tend to. And especially with everything that's going on now, their whole lives have been changed. They're virtually learning or working on things. They are not around their social network. They don't have the same level of energy. Like think about it. 
our energy as adults is different from energy of other children their age. There's no way we can meet that level of energy and exchange that with them on the same level. So they're experiencing quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. So could it be that sometimes when our children are maybe um, a little disobedient, doing different things than what they normally do, it could be stemmed with something they're feeling and something they are going through? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime there is misbehavior, there's a reason for that misbehavior. Our job as therapists is to figure out the reason for that misbehavior and to help them identify different ways, either from the parents or from the children, so that they can get different outcomes. But anytime you have a child that misbehaves, there's definitely some type of emotional or cognitive issue that is happening. Mm-hmm. And normally, of course, in, in uh, especially in our background, uh-huh. in the African-American community, if there's something that's out of whack going wrong, usually that's just punishment. We're not checking in as to what what could be the root of this. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it is, in African-American communities as well, but you'll see other people of other races, they rarely look at what am I doing as a parent that will result in this behavior. They rarely look at themselves. It's always the kids. Never mind that you didn't give them a nutritious meal before school. Never mind that they're operating on six hours of sleep. Never mind, you know, that they haven't had enough exercise to even generate enough energy to propel them through the rest of the week. Never mind all of those things that we as parents control in terms of their routine. We just expect their child to go out and do what we expect them to do. And a lot of times we haven't even told them our expectations. We haven't had that conversation. (laughs) Understood. (laughs) Okay, you all, I told you this was going to challenge some of the things that we... (laughs) That we have done, you know, in in our norms. So, yeah, that gives us a lot of things to think about, especially in this time, because you are exactly correct. Everything has changed for us. And 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 we need to be cognizant of that and checking in on on our children and making sure that this whole different way of doing life is, you know, that that our children are okay and that they're processing Right. You know, right. correctly, the, the things that are going on. Um, let me ask you this. Is it possible to control our feelings? Yes, it's possible to control your feelings. You just need the right skill set and you need to make sure that you've addressed those underlying issues that will cause you to think you can't control your anger. Like people will say, she made me mad. No, she may have done something that could create a negative response from you. You had a choice on how you responded to that person. It's not anger that gets us in trouble. It's the behavior that manifests from anger that gets us in trouble. That's where the sin comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, y'all, we, we heard it here first that it's, it's possible if we have the right tools. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of us have to learn because think about it. Our behavior is learned. We could have mm-hmm. learned from early childhood that the way to deal with conflict is through what? Uh, Aggressive behaviors, antagonistic behaviors. We're seeing that out in the street right now. Just because I disagree with you means I have to get up in your face and tell you exactly how I feel and discount who you are as a human being just because you disagree with me. That stuff wasn't learned by osmosis. That person was conditioned to think that that was the way to handle conflict. So what I would do in a counseling session is help them understand how that's robbing them of their peace. And it's really not getting them what they want in life. You really want people to listen to you. But the emotionality or the heightened negative emotionality behind your behavior is actually erasing your message. 
I really don't want to hear you because your negative emotion is speaking louder than what you're actually thinking and feeling. Hmm. You know, I, I was just thinking that I, I learned this from my grandmother and my dad. When they would get upset, they would say, you know, they would just say their, their piece. N- not getting upset, not, you know, loudly. They would just say their piece. And I could see that something happened, made them upset. Okay. They would just say what they needed to say. And literally, they would let it go. Right. They, they were not arguers or... Or angry, and I remember thinking. Now I'm still learning this, but I remember thinking I want to do like that because they let things go so quickly. That's a choice. That's a choice. They value their peace more than they value being right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, <laughs> and that's important. Once you get to that place, you you can look at somebody and say, "Okay, I disagree with you." Well, such and such and such. A, okay, you know, I'm I'm fine. I don't have to repeat myself. That irritates people about me. I don't go back and forth with people. Mm-hmm. I say what I have to say, then we move on. Now, was I always like that? No, 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 no. Because I was certainly conditioned to believe that the louder you talked and the more you talked and the more aggressive you got, the more right that made you. <laughs> <laughs> it was through therapy, my faith, right? Faith mm-hmm. first, therapy, self-exploration and development and years. Mm-hmm. To get to that point where your grandpa, your grandmother and your father were to say, I don't know, baby, it's not worth our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's good. And that's, that's a good choice. We, we really need to, to get to the point where, where we can do that for ourselves. For ourselves and for our families. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. How does one know if it is time to seek the help of a mental health professional? What time is it? It's always time. <laughs> I thought you would say that. <laughs> it's always time. I don't care because we. This is this is what I do when I do keynote addresses and speaking stuff on stage. This is what I ended with. I ask, how many of you go to your annual doctor appointments? Most people mm-hmm. raise their hand. How right. many of you do your uh, dental appointments twice? You know, every six months, do that. How many of you go to the optometrist? Some of you have on glasses, really nice glasses. How many of you go once mm-hmm. a year? They raise their hands, and then I ask them, okay, so when you move into a new city, new location, new neighborhood, how many of you find a beautician? or a barber, or a colorist. How many of you do that? Now, mm-hmm. you know, yep, I raise a hand. So tell me this. How many of you find a mental health counselor? Very few raise their hand. So then my closing statement is, why is your hair more important than your mental health? Uh-oh. Tell me that. Why is your hairstyle more important than your mental health? Because if you lose your mind, your hairstyle won't matter. 2020 vision won't matter. Those caps you have on your teeth will not matter. In your heart, it won't matter. When you lose your mind, you are at a complete deficit. Mm-hmm. People can be paralyzed and still have completely productive lives. But if you are mentally imbalanced, it is very difficult for you to have peace in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. always time. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I, I agree with you. That's that's good. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that was the answer. Yeah, because that's we 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 just need to... We just need to accept that yes. and go ahead and move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do this at work. We always look at our jobs. You know, we're we're doing this at, at my job right now. We look at our jobs and we say, how can we do this better? How can we, 
you know, change everything around and and be more productive um, with the time that we have, with the resource resources that we have. And we do that at work. We're okay with looking at the situation and making some tweaks. Yeah. And we need to do that right now with, with our mental health, especially right now exactly. with our mental health. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So could having a positive outlook on life help, help yeah. us? Yes. Unfortunately, it's not as easy for everyone to have a positive outlook just because of things that have happened in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like we, and that's why I say don't minimize uh, the way people are feeling or thinking, not just because of what they've gone through, more so what their response is to what they've gone through. You and I could have grown up in the same neighborhood, seen the same things, have been exposed to the same things and come out totally different. It's not what happened to us. It was our response. That's called the resiliency factor. Mm -hmm. So if I have a higher level of resilience, I may have a more positive outlook because I've been able to overcome those things that I've seen that were detrimental to me. But for you, if you have a, a lower resiliency factor, not a negative, it just is what it is. I'm five feet, somebody else is 5'11". There's nothing we can do about that. That just is the way we are. But what we can do is address what it is that you need to build your resiliency up so that we can help change your outlook on future situations, help you heal from what has happened and help, help you have a more positive outlook on the future. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it sounds to me like there are always plans, I guess, that mm-hmm. we can make to deal with the different situations that have gone on in the past mm-hmm. and to help us to be more successful with the pressures and the things that we are facing now. We just, mm-hmm. we just need to get to the, to the place where we find the best plan for us. Right. Right. And sometimes we need help to get to that plan. Right. Cause we'll repeat what we've done in the pla- done in the past or like, you know, all of these self-help things that are out there, we'll go buy and pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for other self-help things to help us and not even realize the reason we're not as successful as that person is, is because we have different parameters, variables that are off in there that are kind of like hindrances to us. And we'll say, well, she lost 50 pounds on that. Why can't I lose 50 pounds on it? Probably because you emotional eat every Friday night, which is when your dad would have come in the room and sexually abused you. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to deal with that. See how difficult, see how intricate that is. Mm-hmm. And you can't help someone. You, you can't deal with that kind of stuff um, off a of stage. You, you've got to go into therapy. Mm-hmm. You've got to do some one on one work with that. And people are not necessarily in a place where they didn't want to deal with the one on one work. So like if they come to me and they're talking about things um, globally speaking, you know, like. With, you know, really what's going on? They, mm-hmm. may, they may come back. They may step back a little bit. It may take them six months to come back in and say, okay, you brought this up. I didn't want to deal with it in. I'm ready to deal with it now because I can see how it's affecting my relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. And, and it's also a great point about um, trying to go to, you know, it, it, not that it's a bad thing to go to trainings and seminars and workshops because we do need them, yeah. but mm-hmm. we we also need that specialized help. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was um, trying to get over worrying so much, mm-hmm. I bought a book and 
I was reading it. Now, the first half of the book went through all of the things that go wrong in your body when you worry. Now, do you think I got through the book? Like, I, I mean, it made me worry reading the things that I was doing wrong to my body for worrying, you know. And so that's when I decided I said, OK, I think I need to talk to an individual person because I'm not going to be able to um, I'm not going to be able to get the help that I need simply by doing this. Right. You know, right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. good. Mm-hmm. So how can we move past these stigmas of mental health conversations just like this you and I talking casual conversation we're doing that more and more when I started over 20 years ago I was not invited into venues like this Mm -hmm. I was not invited to speak Uh, if I went to a church I was very restricted on what I could say Uh, so what we're what we're seeing now is almost like a renaissance period for mental health that people are understanding how every facet of our lives is impacted by our mental health, finances, political, you know, education, workplace, all of these things are like exercise style. All of those things are impacted by our mental health. And so this is how we remove the stigma when we talk openly about it. We're not behind closed doors. We're not saying, oh, you know, don't don't say this. Don't mention this. You know, you didn't cut off the radio when I talked about sexual abuse. You let it keep going. Those are the ways that we remove the stigma. Another thing that we can do, and and I applaud anybody who's working in this arena, is start teaching mental health in elementary school. Like, make that a class. Like, don't don't just talk about it on the end. Like, for one, I never got a mental health lesson in high school, elementary school, anything. But if we're talking about drugs with elementary kids, why wouldn't we talk about mental health? Mm -hmm. Start putting these concepts in the schools. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can get the next generation to embrace it even more so. Right, right. That... Yeah, that's that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. And and I, I, Dr. Alexander, I actually went on your website and I saw what I believe was one of your workshops, like the intro to one of your workshops. And I watched your um, announcer, you know, uh, bring you into the room and you were out in the hallway, walking down the hallway. And she's saying, Dr. <laughs> Stacia. And I thought, now this is the right way to start off a workshop uh-huh. that kind of puts everybody at ease, makes the mood kind of uh-huh. light. And maybe if you were um, a little skeptical going mm-hmm. in, this mm-hmm. is good. That sets the tone that, no, this is actually going to be fun. This is going right. to be helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, get the help I need. I thought that's another way to change the stigma. And you know what that is? That's an annual workshop that I've been doing called August Accountability. And Mm -hmm. it talks about four quadrants of life. So that's another way that I've introduced uh, mental health treatment from a different perspective, not just head on, but these are four quadrants of life that if we really deal with them, we'll have a greater sense of peace. And that is what impacts our mental health. So that I appreciate you mentioning that because that's a great program we do once a year. Didn't do it this year, but hopefully we'll get back to it next year. Okay, so people can go on your on your Facebook page or on your website and find out the information about how to get to that for next year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. I, I, I watched that and I thought, okay, if, if this is the, <laughs> I can go to this, this, <laughs> this, this started off like a party, you know, it did. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, I know it's about time for us to to get to the point to taking a break. But when we get back, I kind of want to go over your background and how you got into this, because this is this is your ministry, you, you know, your ministry work. Mm-hmm. So let's take a break and we'll be right back with Dr. Stacia Alexander. Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We are having really an eye-opening conversation with Dr. Stacia Alexander. Dr. Alexander is a licensed professional counselor and supervisor. She has her doctorate in psychology. She is also a speaker and author of the Balancing the Balancing Act Family Guide. She's a talk show host. She is the founder and director of Positive Influences. She's been a full-time clinician for over 20 years. And she's also the director of Paul Quinn College's Mental Health Clinic. So, Dr. Alexander, you have been dispelling myths, really, um, with this conversation. And so we appreciate your time and appreciate you coming to to help us um, in this way. I would love to know, because like I said before we went on break, this it really seems, no, this is your job. This is how you make money. But this also, I can tell, is your ministry work. This is the gift that um, God is giving you to give to the world. So can you give us kind of the background? How did you make it into uh, being so passionate about people's mental health? Um, I, and I'm very succinct about this because it, it, it's, it's the most truest part of my walk. Uh, in the seventh grade, my mom and I were having a huge argument, which was not unusual for us. Uh, she was a single parent by that time. She was an alcoholic. And we had a horrible time during my childhood. We are the two closest people you will ever find right now. Mm-hmm. But back then it was very difficult. So after an argument, I went into, stormed into the living room and plopped my tail down in the middle of the, uh, the floor, really angry with her and looked up on the shelf just to find a book. We were uh, prolific readers. Just let me find something because I can't deal with her right now. Look up on the shelf and there's a psychology book that my dad left when he uh, moved out from his college days. So I pick up the psychology book and I start reading and the first page that I turned to, this big word showed up, dysfunctional. So I start looking at this, start reading this, and I realized that's what we are. We're dysfunctional. I'm not a bad kid. She's not a bad mom. We're dysfunctional. We don't know how to do this, right? So even though it didn't immediately stop the arguments, it gave me, it was like a resting place for me just to accept you're not the most horrible person because you can't stand your mom. Like that's it. And if you can help other kids understand that, Mm -hmm. then you you can help a lot of people. So that's what I did. I went to Skyline High School, got in the child development program because I wanted to understand kids. Went through that for the four years, got my undergrad in psychology, never strayed away from the field of counseling and the field of psychology. It just never changed. And my husband tells people that all the time. I've changed what I wanted to do through my life, but my wife has never changed 
counseling, mental health as her life's work. And it, it has. It's been a blessing. So when I was in seventh grade asking, why me? Why me, Lord? Why my mama have to be an alcoholic? Why I got to be mean? Why I got to fight all the time? To why not me? I get it, God. You wanted me to help other people. So I get it. Hmm. So called in seventh grade. Yes. And listen, I ain't listening to nobody else. <laughs> I listened. I listened to that calling on my life and never questioned it. Hmm. Never questioned it. Wanted to be an actress. Went to acting school over there. Kim Dawson was in mm-hmm. acting school and we were in the middle of class and the teacher told me, you know, that was a good job. You did a good job. I said, thank you. I went to my desk, picked up my purse and walked out. I was like, I'm not doing this. That's not my calling. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, that's a blessing that you found it because you you are helping and blessing so many people. Thank you. Um, I want I want to ask you this question about our family. I know when we were um, on the break, we were talking about some of the things that you are uh, some of the things that people have been taught and passed down in their yeah. families, even in church. Um, yes. I funny story. I I remember when Kirk Franklin first came out mm-hmm. and the church said, this music is of the devil and don't listen to it and blah, 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 blah. So uh-huh. I, I didn't listen to it. I mean, I, I just, you know, I thought I don't want anything that's of the devil. I didn't yeah. listen to it. Uh-huh. And, and it wasn't until um, he, oh, wasn't until he fell off the stage at one time mm-hmm. and, and was in the hospital that's when I really started paying attention to him. Now, fast forward years later, I actually got a tryout to sing with him and travel the world singing with him. Yes, he is a wonderful person who uh-huh. loves the Lord and loves people. But that's that's an example of when something comes out, maybe people don't understand it. Yes. And then you could miss out on, on your blessings. So, and mental health can be like that. It can you know, things are passed down. It's against the Bible to right. go and and to seek help. Uh, to seek help, um, you you're weak. You you should be able to just pull yourselves up by you know your bootstraps. So, mm-hmm. what can you do if your family is against you seeking mental health? How how can you educate them, or should you educate them? Should you just take care of yourself and? Let them worry about themselves. <laughs> That's a two-pronged answer. If you have an open family who's willing to listen, then you can spend some time educating. You can get them to listen to shows like this or go on my website, watch some of the episodes that I do. However, if they're not, you, like you said, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself at all costs. Anytime you're on the plane, they tell you to do what? That's falling. A plane is falling out the sky. Put that, uh, breathe. what is it, breathing mask on yourself? Yeah, put your yeah, oxygen on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then put it on the next person. So, yes, yeah, save yourself. But when people challenge me, even back then when they would challenge me on mental health and my faith, I would mm-hmm. tell them, okay, so let's do this. If you were having a heart attack, would you want me to call the best cardiologist in? Or would you want me to just sit down and pray? I think you would want me to call that cardiologist, right? So if I'm having a heart attack, there's five or six people in the room. I want somebody to get on the phone and call 911. I want somebody to start life-saving measures. And I want another person to go in the corner and pray. All the while, while the paramedics are coming in, I want you to keep praying over there in that corner. But I want those paramedics to keep working on me, sustain mm-hmm. my life, do whatever it is to bring me back. When we get to the hospital, you go to the hospital, pray in that corner too, get everybody on the phone. Y'all pray for me too. But I want that cardiologist in the room saving my life. Mm-hmm. That's what mental health is. 
It is a professional that is saving your life. Keep praying with your grandmama, your mama, your daddy, whoever you want to. Keep praying. It is not, you don't have to do those separately. It's not one or the other. You can do them both at the same time. So that's what I challenge people on. And how has that done that for you? Just praying about it. Mm-hmm. God has put all of these skilled people in the world to help you. You don't hesitate to go to the doctor when you got a toothache. Right. Like this is the most illogical method of information that I've really had to deal with over a lifetime. Like I've had preachers stand in the back while I'm talking, cut it off. You know, like they're just doing the ax across their throat. Cut it off. You're saying too much. No, Jesus was a counselor, was he not? Right, right. The master counselor. Yes. Why are we even arguing this issue anymore? That's mm-hmm. the, to me. That's and we've done ourselves a disservice. We have. Mm-hmm. We've done ourselves a disservice by saying it has to be either or. Oh, you mm-hmm. you don't you don't have any faith in your marriage if you're going over there talking to that counselor. No, it's because I have faith in my marriage. Who I don't have faith in is myself to fix this. That's right. what I don't have faith in. But right. I do have faith in my marriage. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to go get some help. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So I know I know we talked about this before, but I, I just thought it bears us talking about it again, mm-hmm. that this is actually possible for us. So I just created a routine for myself because I needed to drink more water mm-hmm. and I've gone 60 days now. Um, and so it's it, at first I had to, you know, I downloaded an app, you mm-hmm. know, but then the app wanted me to pay for the app. But by that time I was like, it is a habit. Like I know, you know, my body wants this much water. So I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. I know the health benefits. I feel better. I can do that. I can, you know, do this. So it's the same with mental health, right? Mm -hmm. You, you, you can go, you can seek the individual help that you need Mm -hmm. and, and put a plan together to create healthy habits that fit right just for you. Exactly. It, and it's almost like a checkup, just like you do with your other uh, areas of health. So a lot of times, like you said, when people come in, they realize, I didn't know I needed this. Or they'll yeah. say, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm like, and? That's why I got tissue over there. Don't cry. <laughs> I, they don't bother me, right? <laughs> but you know, it's just like all of these things that you got to be strong. You can't cry. Suck it up. And I'm telling people during COVID, this is not the time to suck it up. Even the most healthiest of people are having a hard time coping with everything that's going on. So mm-hmm. I just say, cut that nonsense out right now. But once they come to therapy, which is why I tell parents, bring your kids to therapy, introduce them to it before they leave the house. So when they get old enough and on their own, they're more likely to seek out a counselor independently because they've been exposed to it as a child. So once you get exposed to it, you realize, oh, she doesn't have a magic wand in here. She's not playing with my mind. She's not doing any of these things. This is just a place for me to talk where I won't be judged. And for kids, I won't be punished because, you know, they always get punished for your thoughts or what have you. But this is just an open space for me to actually deal with some things. Get it out of the pit of my stomach in the back of my chest and out so that I can process it and look at it more in in, in a more healthy way and probably probably do something about it that will, you know, benefit me in the long run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's good. So, Dr. Dr. Alexander. Alexander, let's talk about your website. Your your website is staciaalexander.com. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's spelled S-T-A-C-I-A-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. Kind of exactly how you think it's it's, it's spelled. 
Now, when I go on your website, this is how I can tell that you have been doing this for 20 years. Uh -huh, uh -huh. There's so much on there. So <laughs> first, talk about, because you do a show. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. So talk, talk about your show and, and, and what people can, can learn and expect from your show. Thank you. So the name of the show is Goals Don't Have Feelings. And the reason the name the show is And I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> because my my annual program is August Accountability and the tagline is goals are important. And that came up when I was right at the cusp of empty nesting. I had to accept that my kids are leaving home, but what I want, the goals that I had for myself are still important. So mm -hmm. I had to pull myself up outside of the grief that I was having going to the empty nesting phase to really embrace who I am as a person, as a woman, as an entrepreneur. I have all of these things that I want to do. So uh, after a couple of years, I realized, okay, it's not enough for me to tell people goals are important because they got to be about emotionally ba emotional baggage. There's actually keeping them from reaching those goals. So you have the goal. Your goals don't have a feeling. You want to finish school. You want to go with the singing group. You want to lose weight. That goal is still there. It doesn't have feelings. But what we need to do is deal with all of the feelings associated with you reaching those goals. Mm -hmm. We get all of these lessons about how to build a business, how to, you know, marketing, accounting, the infrastructure of the business. We talk about how to reach success, getting your education, networking, doing all of these things to get to success. But absolutely nobody is talking about the emotionality of success. What does that journey look like? It is very rare that it doesn't come with ups and downs. And just because you've reached the level of success that you either aspire to or people thought you should be at, doesn't mean that everything goes great when you're at that level. There's still some emotionality about, uh, uh, surrounding it, but nobody wants to deal with that because you got everything you want. Hmm. You finished school. You got the good radio job. You got the modeling job. You got all of this. Why are you still crying? Think about it. When Tyrese went publicly on there and just completely came apart, mm -hmm. did nobody want to hear that? <laughs> did nobody want to hear that? Get an attorney. Do what you're supposed to do. Get your life together, right? Mm -hmm. And all the while, we were thinking, my husband and I, we even talked about it. That man needs help. Who are his handlers? Mm -hmm. He needs help. This is not because of that legal case. Tyrese got something going on, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the show is about. Let's deal with the emotionality behind your success. I don't care about your marketing plan. I don't care about your network and who all you're talking to. I don't care about any. I don't care how many taxes you owe. Emotionally, how are you handling this journey? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, number one, you could be held back by your own oh, emotions yeah. or yeah. maybe you can't sustain where you are because right. of your emotions. Right, right. Kanye West. We're seeing it. Martin Lawrence. We're seeing it. Right. Think about it. Even Jennifer Lewis. She, you, did you see, did you read her book? Yes. Mm -hmm. 17 years, bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. she, she, she realized, no, I need some help. Mm -hmm. That says a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 And she is so talented and, and oh hilariously funny. So <laughs> I got to see her in person one time. It was hilarious. <laughs> I love it. So the other thing that I learned on your website is there's some you have some tools up there mm -hmm. that people can download for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can go and download and you can do some pre-work, you know, and think about some things before mm -hmm. um, they call you and people should call. Right. People should call you. But there. And so I downloaded because this is 
me. I downloaded the five signs you need to deal with your anxiety. And because, you know, I've said, I I say, I share often that worry and and fear is something that I always um, have to make sure I, I have a plan against. But there was one sign that on there that really surprised me was social angst. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if before you get ready to go into a social circumstance, uh-huh. it causes you anxiety, right. that, that is a sign yes. that you need to go and, and help and get a plan from a mental health yes. professional. And that's all it is. It's a plan. It, and there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes mm-hmm. anxiety is, it, it's, a, it's a tool that we can use and it helps us, right? Because mm-hmm. you tend to plan more than other people. You're ready for things that happen the other people haven't thought about, right? Mm-hmm. And you're more selective about where you go and what you do and who you do it with. That's, that's a positive. On the mm-hmm. other hand, it could be a negative in that you won't go because you overthought who would be there or what you would have to do. So mm-hmm. that's where we get into, okay, let's really sit down and use our spirit of discernment to determine, is this what God would have me to do? Is this what God would have me to do? Then let me overcome this anxiety, these things that are holding me back so that I can go to it with a greater sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. I think that I, I, I really feel like this conversation is, is proving that we really do need to add this to our overall health uh, okay. regimen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really do. We really do. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought if social angst is on there, that's just, I would just think that that's just normal, you know. Everybody has that. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Not everybody has that. I remember my girlfriend saying, how you just talk to anybody? I'm like, why not? You know, and this when I was young. And I'm mm-hmm. not realize that this girl is over here about to pass out because we're going into a room of people that we don't know. And I just mm-hmm. go up, hey, can I have your phone number? You know, before I got married. So like, how do you do that? How do you just ask people for their phone number? Because the only thing they can do is say no. It's yes or no. Mm-hmm. No didn't bother me. No's would destroy her. Mm-hmm. Right? And that doesn't mean either one of us is better than the other. It's just our makeup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. I, I I like this, and so let's also talk about your book, Balancing Act, Family Guide. Uh-huh. So, give us an insight in, uh-huh. in in what's in your book. Okay, remember I told you the empty nesting was coming on fast. I mean, it was just well, these kids were leaving home one after the other, right? Mm-hmm. It scared the bejegans out of me. But what we constantly uh, got from other people was, how did y'all raise y'all kids? Like, what did y'all do? How did your kids come out so good or whatever, whatever? And literally they know, they they cutting up behind closed doors or whatever. <laughs> so what we did, my husband and I started writing a book on parenting. And then I said, now, people don't need to just hear what we did. They need to understand how the kids responded to what we did. So the kids also contributed to the book. So it's one family, four voices. There are four people, four authors of the book, and Mm -hmm. we wrote it based on the basic principles of parenting that have long since been forgotten. Where you talk about the time, family time spent together, you talk about routine, even activity levels. Like how much do you actually get your kids out of the house to play now? Like get, getting them off of technology and things like that. We talk about discipline, school, all of these things that we're talking about in the book. But you don't just hear it from us as a parents. You hear it from our kids. And they were very open and honest. Now, that was stupid. Y'all did that every year. Or no, this was a value. I still use this to this day. Like it was no hose barred in the book. And it's been great. We've had a good response from it. 
Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay, that's good. I I, I look forward to to digging into that. Um, I and you've brought up the empty nest syndrome. Mm-hmm. So we're my husband and I. We are in the middle. Our, our daughter is a freshman now mm-hmm. in college, and our son is a junior. So he'll be, um, you know, leaving the just like us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, leaving in high school or college? In high school. Oh, okay. No, y'all have flipped it. Okay. Yeah, so in high school. So he's got two more years with us. But we actually did a radio show with a friend, uh, friends of ours, but just me and the wife, who we both took our kids. They have a son. They took him to OU. We took um, our daughter to SFA. Mm -hmm. And we were not prepared for the slap in the face of the emotions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that flood you we were not prepared for that at all and that's why we did the radio show we wanted to um i don't know warn people that this warning (laughs) even though you still got that last one at home that first one it was just like i must have cried in the floor for two hours Mm -hmm. no idea of what would because i had prepared them to leave i had been telling them you're going to college the military or life one or the right. other 18, but you've got to figure it out. You can always come back, but I want you to see, you know, that'll be the only time in your life that we'll pay for you to live is between 18 and 22. If you don't figure it out between 18 and 22, you're going to be paying for yourself. And they did. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're going to college and we're paying for them to go to college or what have you. But for me, emotionally, even my husband, like he didn't cry, but he was so mean when he got back from taking that oldest one. You know, it took him six or seven months to realize he was grieving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we we realized it and we, you know, we both separately Mm -hmm. sought out counseling because we, you know, we didn't want to be unhealthy for our son who was still here. And and we want him to see and we didn't want him to be scared to leave either. We didn't want to (laughs) fall apart when he was like, well, maybe I should leave. We're like, no, you should. For you, you should. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You got you to gotta figure yourself out. Like, that's a wonderful time for you. Let us deal with who we are as parents. Letting you guys go will be okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. But, um, yeah, get prepared to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that, that that is a part of your testimony of some of the things that you've started doing. Mm-hmm. Because especially for moms, I, I, I can only speak for moms because I am a mom. Mm-hmm. that um, I I thought one thing that I really did, the place that I really did get to is that um, my life is still here. So she's, she's right. gone. My life is still here. And actually now I have more time to right. pour into my life and mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I am, you know, on what God has called me to be on, but in able to do that, I have to, I have to talk to a counselor because I have to make sure I can handle the next step. That was my first statement in my counseling session. She said, why are you here? I said, I want to be able to handle the next step right. in my life. Be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's, that's wonderful. So um, Dr. Stacia Alexander, we, I truly appreciate your time. You really have changed my mind on a lot of different things and and you know some things that I thought one way you know you've made me think differently so I appreciate that and I know that um our audience appreciates that too so thank you so much thank you for, for being here I appreciate it 
So everyone go to StaciaAlexander.com. It's, it's exactly like it's spelled and, and check out all of the work that uh, Dr. Stacia Alexander is doing. Um, and, and I encourage you to keep going. Keep going because there's more people you have to reach. So this this is a blessing. Everyone, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to loveministriesbills.org for all the information about Love Ministries. You can go to Carla Nivens, that's Carla with the K, carlanivens.com for information about me. And everyone have a wonderful week. We'll see you back here next week. <music>